On today's edition of the show, we are going to break down the Florida Panthers' 3-1 loss against the Boston Bruins in Game 1. We're going to discuss, was this a missed opportunity for the Florida Panthers as they dropped the first game of the seven-game series? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, April 18th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Follow us as well on Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers as well. So the Florida Panthers, they dropped this first game of the seven game series against the Boston Bruins. This is always going to be a big task for the Florida Panthers coming into the series. Of course, no home ice advantage against the best regular season team uh, of, of all time. And boy, did it prove did did the Boston Bruins prove themselves in game one of this seven game series. And this will be a great time to bring in my guest on the show. It is a very familiar voice. One of the OGs of the, of the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast is the one of the former hosts of, of the show, Josh Lick, Josh, welcome back to lockdown Panthers. Oh, thanks, man. I'm so excited to be here uh, and talking about this game, though it wasn't a really great game. Uh, for the Panthers, but happy to be back on the show and uh, to talk about this with you today on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Yeah, uh, great, great to be great to be chatting with you as well. And let's just start off with with this one for 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 the Florida Panthers, of course, with with coming into this series, of course, Alex Lyon being the hot hand for for the Cats going into this one. You knew he was we knew he was going to be the game one starter. Um, We knew all the all the rumblings of a possible bug going around the Boston Bruins locker room with Patrice Bergeron being a game time decision in the morning, possibly Linus Allmark was the, also the, a game time decision, but Allmark ends up playing for, for this one. Patrice Bergeron's not, of course, Pavel Zaka going from third line center to the first line. And this was a big opportunity for the Florida Panthers to take advantage. I mean, the Panthers put the intimidation factor early. I mean, you saw, Matthew Kachuk putting a big hit on Brad Marchand early on, but it, it even even though the Panthers went to the box twice in in the in the first period, I mean the Florida Panthers they didn't give up their first five on five shot ten minutes in. But I, I I feel I feel in this one, Josh, that it was it was a lot of quantity for the Panthers, but it was not a lot of quality i mean the panthers were weren't getting up in the rush at all in in this game for for them and the, the lion king i mean multiple times it was the him stopping the rushes uh for the boston bruins i mean we saw one where radko gudis was over committing on a hit that led to a two two on one even uh even gus forsling being stripped and then david Pasternak being tripped whether we want to we want to argue 
whether well, that, that was a trip on Ekblad, but Lyon was coming up big early uh, for, for the Cats. But I, I also felt like the shots that they were putting up, it was very perimeter, perimeter based for, for the Panthers. What do you think about really the first 20 to 30 minutes uh, for, for the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers played a really good game coming out of the gate the way that they wanted to play, really up-tempo. Um, like you said, big hit uh, by Kachuk um, on Marchand. Um, obviously, Alex Lyon looked amazing. I thought he played really well. Uh, in fact, I, I think he played really well the whole game. I, I think even with the um, shot that he kind of took off the glove and missed, I think he played above and beyond what you could expect him to do in that situation. But... Um, I think the real problem is that uh, what you kind of identified here at the beginning, quality, quality of shots. The numbers don't matter. Uh, it's about the quality of scoring chances. And that's really what I think the last three seasons the Panthers have really battled is they uh, consistently get shots on net. Uh, you think about the Keith Yandel era of the Florida Panthers, um, just celebrating the fact that they got lots and lots and lots of shots on net. But I think a, a game moment, I think it was in the second period that really defines this for me, is Colin White comes in all alone on the goaltender after uh, picking off a pass and just cranks up a slap shot on Olmark and doesn't even try to make a move. And it's like, this is not going to get it done in the playoffs. You know, I think about um, this last summer when Paul Maurice was uh, hired to be the coach of the Florida Panthers. And one of the major messages that we were given, not just given by the PR team, but we were given by uh, Paul Maurice himself, was that the difference between Paul Maurice coached Florida Panthers and Andrew Burnett coached Florida Panthers was that Paul Maurice was going to teach this team how to play playoff hockey. The whole regular season, they were going to play like it was the playoffs, so that when they got to the playoffs, playing at this pace would be normal for them. Uh, I think we can agree that's not what we saw tonight, this type of play from the Florida Panthers is honestly very similar to the type of play we saw in the round against Tampa last year. Um, a lot of outside shots, no one driving to the net with the exception of Kachuk. And he's the only one, you know, he's the only one really doing that. There were so many opportunities to make a shot, to cut into the net that became errant passes and weird you know, stylized off the board, you know, bank shots and things like that. And that's just not how you win in the playoffs. And I think that's where the Panthers have to figure it out. They have to figure out how to play a more in-your-face style of hockey, which is the thing that we were told we were going to do this year, you know. And so it's a little frustrating uh, from that uh, angle. And then I think the biggest issue with this game, to be honest with you, is the fact that uh, – there was pretty much 90% of the game where I forgot Alexander Barkov was on the Florida Panthers. He didn't do anything. Um, didn't and get a shot on goal. Didn't get a shot on goal, barely made a pass. I mean, obviously he did a little bit, but nothing that looked uh, lethal. And the reality is, you know, this was an opportunity for them to have a game where Barkov did not have to match up against Patrice Bergeron. And he did. He wasted that opportunity, and this has been and is going to continue to be an issue uh, in the legacy of the Florida Panthers uh, that Alexander Barkov has not shown up when it mattered in the playoffs. And I hate to say that because I love the guy. I think he's an awesome player. I know everybody wants to talk about how he's a complete package and he's the most underrated player 
in the NHL and all these things. But the truth is, like, the playoffs are what matters. And Barkoff didn't show up when it mattered tonight. Now, can he turn that around? Yeah. I mean, I think a great suggestion would be to try to mix up the lines a little bit. I think maybe you put Kachuk with Barkoff and Verhege and see if you can get um, that line driving or something like that. But uh, as of right now, this effort's not going to be good enough. And this this is a hard task. Boston's a really yeah. good team. But, you know, the whole game, it didn't look like Boston was that much better than us. It really just looked like they were playing a little bit smarter. And that's on coaching. And that has to be adjusted. Yeah, and that's taking advantage of the opportunities that the Florida Panthers give them with uh, with a little bit of uh, sloppiness in the, in the neutral zone. And, and even when they're pinching in, 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 the, in the offensive zone, as well and um, also let's talk about the the power play goal that the boston bruins did uh score uh off a rebound mark Stahl goes a little goes towards the puck instead of staying back and bertuzzi what a great place uh, what a great play by tyler um tyler bertuzzi to get it to david Pasternak into the open net as well and and, uh, that play by uh that you were talking about with colin white and giovanni smith jamming right at it it was right before Brad Marchand took it up the ice and 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 made it two nothing. So you you that 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 play that you were talking about was an opportunity to make it tied one one at the time. And what a difference that would have made it just in this game alone and feeling you're going back to the to the bench when when, when they, and, and things settling down. But the Panthers didn't get that settling down moment in this game. Yeah, they didn't get a chance because they didn't let themselves have a chance, and and that's where. You know, teams that win big playoff moments are teams that um, play smart, disciplined hockey. And, you know, cranking up a slap shot from the dot in a playoff game on a goalie who's like one of the best of all time record wise, you just, it's not, it's not the best play. And that's where, you know, it's all about decision making. And, and that's where the Panthers have lacked all season long, um, you know, with the slight exception of a couple guys namely Kachuk and Verhege, it just has been really hard for some of their forwards to make the right decisions in situations. And we see a lot of back passing. You know, I I used to always say there's two times that you should uh, back pass. That's never and ever. Um, You you know, all these like crazy, just wild back passes and, and, and just, you know, things that just don't make sense. And even on the power plays that the Panthers had, which Boston really shut down quickly both of them um there was a lot of weird decision making even in the zone entries and you know it's it's that's the biggest thing is they've got to work on better decision making with less steps to get it on net and that's i think where they're struggling you know you can't win playoff hockey from the blue line playoff hockey is one in the blue paint and that's what they need to do no, no doubt, and and the Boston Bruins were definitely taking away uh, the the centering feeds uh, for for the Panthers in this one. We're gonna carry this conversation over to the net uh, to segment number two. We're gonna talk about the missed opportunity for the Panthers. We're gonna talk about Matthew Kachuk uh, getting on the board uh, for the Panthers, and we're gonna talk about is this style of of play for the Panthers good enough to carry it over to game number two and possibly steal home ice advantage on Wednesday night. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel Sportsbook. And Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get it than on the MLB action 
than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockOn, sign up, place your bets, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment number two here on this Tuesday, April 18th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, recapping the Florida Panthers' three to one loss against the Boston Bruins with former host of Lockdown Panthers, Josh Lick. So, Josh, Matthew Kachuk got on the board, uh, and it was and it was great wraparound, great uh, getting it up around around the boards by Etu Lusterainen. And Matthew Kachuk was the quick, the quick one to get it on, on to get it in the Boston zone, and then qu- the quick hands that this guy has to fool Linus Allmark on the tro- toe drag looked like he was going to go five hole, but then go and but then lifts it up above uh, Allmark. Just what a, what a great play by Matthew Kachuk. But also, I I want to get also your thoughts on that. But also, I want to get your thoughts on how the Panthers and their creation of opportunities via the forecheck, because the way the Florida Panthers were pinning it up into it, pinning the Bruins down in their own zone was strong forecheck up against the boards, getting it back to the point, shoot, shooting and creating traffic up in front. But again, we talk about that, the, 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 the slot area that is that, that the Panthers have not gone down low there. And even, even after the game, uh, they the guys were talking about how they they think they can match up well against this Boston Bruins team. It, it, do you think that this is something that the that the Panthers can continue in, in in for the rest of this series? Well, the way that the Panthers play is actually um, a a good style to play against the way the Boston Bruins play because of the strong forecheck. Um, the problem is like, if you, if you forecheck, but you don't do anything with it, it's not really very effective. And that's where we've seen the Panthers in this game over and over again, um, come in strong on the forecheck, uh, gain the puck possession and then just give it away. You know, Hey, I got the puck up. Let me just give it to a Bruins player. Um, you know, the dump and chase, uh, style of hockey is definitely not my favorite, uh, particularly, mm-hmm. Um, I know that's, you know, kind of where they've landed in this last year with Paul Maurice. It's definitely a a Maurice style. Um, But I think, you know, if you're good at dump and chase, you know, the whole point is to get possession of the puck. Um, When it doesn't make sense to dump, dump and chase is when there's like 20 seconds left in the game and you've pulled your goalie and you're just going to go ahead and fire the puck down the wall to try to chase it and get possession. Like there comes a point where you have to say, okay, I have the puck now. Now, instead of trying to win the battle, I need to turn and try to get to the goal. And that's where I think the Panthers have really struggled. They're trying to make one or too many, sometimes three too many passes. And those are ultimately leading to turnovers and Boston could take it back the other way. So uh, it's just about, smart like we mentioned in the first segment smart decisions with the puck and that's where i think uh if they play the four check game well but then they turn around and make smart decisions with the puck we're going to see results um as far as matthew kachuk goes he's really good at hockey yeah Uh, he's you know that's a great goal from him uh that's what the panthers need more of i know it's hard to get those 
insanely perfect slot passes against this Boston Bruins defense, particularly Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy and all these guys. But at the same time, you don't always have to have that perfect feed to the center. Sometimes it's just taking the puck and driving into the net. That's what Matthew Kachuk does. And I hope other players see that and maybe, you know, they see an opportunity. I've seen Verhege be that guy in the past. I've seen other guys uh, step up and, and that's what they need. They need guys to drive in on the net and play that style of hockey if they want to win. Also something worth noting is that the Panthers through the first 30 minutes of this game allowed 10 shots on goal to the Boston Bruins and six of them being at even strength. And then the, the Boston Bruins finished with 29 on, on, on the, on the, on the night. And there was a big stretch in that third period, that third period where after the third minute of the, of the, of the game of the game, that's when the Boston Bruins were really starting to lock it down, just chipping it out of their own zone, denying zone entries for the, for the Panthers as well. And the power play, Two opportunities for 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 the Panthers on on the night, but just the slow passing as well, and the Bruins' ability to take away passing lanes and getting it up the boards to just have a quick clear. That's another problem. Even on the six on five towards the end of the game, the Panthers were just struggling to just gain gain the zone as well on the six on five, and that. When when you're going up against the top penalty killing unit in the league, it's just it, it, that that overall, when you just can't get an open shooting lane, it, it's it's just really frustrating. What do you think of the power play uh, tonight, Josh? Yeah, it looked like a Panther power play. You know, we it's 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 been an issue. It's been an issue for a couple seasons, and. You know, um, there's been times where it's better and times where it's not. But, like, the reality is is the zone entry scheme that the Panthers have used for a while, it's hit or miss. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, good teams like Boston know how to shut down. They're not fooled by a change of speed when coming in over the blue line. And I know that's the point. You know, you see it all the time when they come in uh, to about center ice and then they drop it back to the trailing offender. and He comes up and then tries to chip it into the wall. Uh, for the pass to come in and uh, you know you can only do that a couple times before teams pick up on it you know other teams have coaches that are smart and they look and they watch video and they know that that's what we're going to do and so the Panthers really have to work on those zone entries on the power play because you can't set up to try to um, score if you are constantly having to go chase the puck out from your own end and bring it back. And I think the other thing is you know again this comes down to decision making you know there's lots of opportunities on the power play where they could shoot the puck and instead constantly bringing it back to the point um, does not help. You know, we said it earlier, you don't win playoff games from the blue line. You win them in the blue paint. And the reality is that, um, you know, as good as Ekblad and Montour have been this season, um, you don't see a lot of from the blue line goals in the playoffs in the national hockey league. You just don't. Um, There has to be, you know, better shots off the half wall at the dots there just has to be better decision-making with that. And, you know, that's where we're at. You know, the Panthers don't have a lot of uh, talented, long-range sniping players. That's just not who they are. And so as a power play unit, they just need to figure out how to adjust. And this is, again, it comes down to, to coaching. There just needs to be some strong coaching on the power play to get that puck down low. 
you know, plant Kachuk right in front of Linus Olmark. I don't know. We didn't really see that at all on the power play tonight. That's where Kachuk is really good. It kind of seems to me, you tell me if you think this is right, but it seems to me like in the regular season, the plan was for Kachuk to play as a perimeter shooter in the first unit of the power play. And then on the second unit of the power play to get in front of the net and kind of play that, what we would call the Hornquist role, you know, from previous seasons. Um, I think they should try to do that a little bit earlier uh, and get him in front of Olmark. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, if you have if you have uh, if you have him and Reinhardt right there um, as as, uh, as someone who overwhelms them, then then yeah, if you unless you unless your plan is still to have Reinhardt in that bumper position and then Kachuk staying down low, so so that that you could take the peripherals away from Allmark. I think that's the the point in in, in general. I mean, and speaking of peripherals, I mean peripherals is the reason why Alex Lyon uh, gave up that that third goal. It, 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 as he it was right on his pad and just got out of sight of his goal mask as well so i think i think i think that's the purpose of having kachuk back there to to just take away the peripheral so that if there's a centering feed it, he's uh he uh all mark is slow to 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 get right on on the on the top of that crease so if 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 he's if he's and he averages the most passes from the trapezoid um, in in the entire league, and 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 it's worked. But if it if it's plateauing, I, I mean, they didn't even get a shot on goal tonight. No, yeah, no, I know, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, they just have to make some adjustments. But I'd like to see them do that. I'd like to see them swap Reinhardt out for Verhage on that first unit too. And I'd mm-hmm. like to see what that would look like. I just think that's one thing that we have to say in the last few months. There's not been a lot of shuffling, uh, particularly on the power play, with what the strategy is going to be. Uh, and so that's where we got to see what they do in game two, see if they actually adjust. Wasn't that the big complaint last year against Tampa? They spent four games just never adjusting. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we got to see if the team can actually adjust. No doubt. And and we'll talk more and we'll definitely see if they're able to make that transition over to game number two as the Panthers are now down one nothing in this seven-game series. We're going to discuss more of that next year on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product that I literally use every day, and I started taking AG1 because sometimes I need a little bit of a break from the coffee. And so what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients for your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, with just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance segment number three here on this tuesday april 18th edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast recapping game one with me is the former host of lockdown panthers josh lick and josh i said this in our chat today and before the puck even dropped 
One thing I'm glad about when it comes to a post-game presser under Palmer's versus Andrew Burnett is the fact that we weren't going to hear anything in relation to players being nervous. Going back to last year's postseason, right when the Panthers dropped game one, the first thing we heard from Andrew Burnett was this team being a little nervous. I mean, you play, you play, you play 82 games in, in, in a season, and yeah, it's a different adrenaline rush a different atmosphere as well but i'm glad i'm i just had to get that out there that i'm glad we're not hearing that and of course it comes with the experience of the coach and i think with how the panthers came out at five on five i'm not guaranteeing that they will win game two and especially if paul maurice goes with the suggestion of what you said with kachuk going on that top line which we saw in that third period of course a lot of sometimes those things happen in order to create a spark when you're when you're down and in the playoffs you have to try you have to try different things here and there and that's what i could appreciate with maurice of how he talks to the media after and hopefully maybe possibly what he could do with a possible adjustment in game two i mean we we haven't seen many we've seen a little stubbornness from maurice throughout the season but maybe we could see a change in game two what do you think yeah, I mean, I'd like to see some changes. You know, I think uh, one thing that we need to be honest about when it comes to the Panthers' track record with the playoffs is that they are really good five-on-five five in general. It's been the special teams that have struggled. Um, you know, if you're just talking five-on-five five minutes tonight, it's a 2-1 game. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, that crazy. And, and I really don't think that that power play goal by Pasternak was really Lyon's fault or, or really anything. It just, you know, sometimes no. the puck bounces that way. But, you know, Paul Maurice uh, has a lot of uh, experience as a coach. Um, you know, uh, he needs to now lean on that. And that's what we would have criticized Andrew Burnett about last year was that lack of experience as a head coach, uh, you know, perhaps caused him not to make any adjustments to the lightning series. Uh, Paul Maurice doesn't have that excuse. He needs to make adjustments here and there's things that he can do. I mean, I think even a casual fan watching the game can see things like, and and I don't want to be a hater, but like Anthony Duclair, for example, he's just not playing a game that's indicative to Barkoff. And so by putting Duclair and Barkoff together, you're kind of putting an anchor on Barkoff. Um, Duke's not been very good. Like if we're being honest, he's not been very good since he's been back. Um, and mm. so, you know, we need to see um, some of these lines get mixed up. And I know they have been a little bit, you know, here and there, but there's just things like that that need to be adjusted uh, in order to, to, to make, the maximum uh, possible effect for the Panthers. And that's where uh, those, you know, that head coaching experience hopefully comes into play. I would expect to see a lot of adjustments in Wednesday night's game. I really would. I I think they're going to look at a lot of tape. They're going to talk about a lot of things and uh, hopefully they're going to figure it out. Maybe they'll be able to add uh, Sam Bennett into the mix on Wednesday as well, which would really uh, bolster that second line with Kachuk. Yeah, I saw the the way I the way Paul Maurice spoke about Sam Bennett uh said that he might need like one or two more skates before before coming in something like something like that they the, they uh, tweeted that uh this morning so I'm not necessarily counting on Sam Bennett uh to be back in game 2 but he is with the team he is traveling you just never know if this is a little bit of gamesmanship from 
Palmeries. And of course, look what happened. I, I know they went on a six one and one run towards the last eight games of the season to get to this point. But look look how long it took the Florida Panthers to adjust of life without Sam Bennett, losing four straight after that. And of course, Reinhardt being on that third line, who Lundell thrives with too. So it's it's an opportunity. It's it, it's it's not saying I'm not saying that the the Panthers are are gonna explode out of the gates with with Sam Bennett being there, and all of a sudden things are gonna be neutralized with the Boston Bruins. I mean, again, the Bruins were without Patrice Bergeron tonight, and there was a switch between uh, Zaka and Krejci. Krejci went up on that top line later in the game as well. There was a little bit of a switch there. So it, it, it's uh, – I, I know Bennett's not at the same level of Patrice Bergeron, not saying that whatsoever, but it was a missed opportunity. But at the same time, your best physical forward as far as Bennett – it's a plus if they're able uh, to get him back at all in this series. Yeah, I agree. I think Bennett can bring a little bit more grit um, than maybe some other guys have. And he's a great player and he plays real well with Kachuk. And, um, you know, we'll see how that all goes. Hopefully he can come back Wednesday, if not maybe Friday. But we need to see um, those adjustments happen. And, and that's where Coach Maurice just really needs to – uh, come back with some video work and, and everything with the team. They, you know, the day off tomorrow to kind of uh, go through all of that. And hopefully, um, you know, they can just make those adjustments. And that's where we're really uh, going to have to put our eyes on that in the first five minutes of game two. I think we'll know if those adjustments have been made or not. No doubt. And that that is a perfect way to end this post-game edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. So, Josh, I want to thank you so much for um, coming back on the show and chatting uh, Panthers hockey as, uh, unfortunately, the Panthers did not pick up a win uh, tonight as they dropped game one of this four-game series by a final score of 3-1 to one at the TD Garden. Uh, tell everybody uh, where they can follow you online. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Loves Hockey. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Happy to jump on and talk Panthers, and maybe we'll talk again during this playoff series. I'm I'm, I'm definitely hoping so. So Josh, uh, thank thank you so much uh, as always, and hope to see you soon. Thanks. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for everydayers, make on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it will be a Winans Wednesday edition of the show where Jacob Winans will be coming back and we'll be discussing our, all of our thoughts coming from game one, practice, and what the Florida Panthers will need to do to get a win in game two. So make sure to come back tomorrow for tomorrow's edition as we discuss with Jacob Winans on the show. Thank you as always for listening. So I'm Armando Velez with Josh Lick. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.